Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Laura Jaggett, and you are listening to episode number 12 of the How to Life podcast. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. It's my hope that you'll learn some tools and gain some knowledge and information about adult stuff that you didn't know or you weren't quite sure about before. Today I'm speaking with Detective Sean Taylor of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department about internet and social media safety. The internet has been life-changing and it is a phenomenal technology that enhances our lives in so many ways. I don't think anybody can imagine life without it now that we have it. But as with everything, there are dangers, and we are in ways much more vulnerable to those dangers than before. If you're a parent of young children, or a young person yourself who has never even considered that something as fun as social media could have its dangers, then this podcast will be very illuminating, and it'll help you become wiser. It's not my intention to instill fear or make you feel vulnerable. Rather, the message is to educate you on how to protect yourself or your child, how to use and enjoy social media and the benefits of the internet responsibly, and how to be less naive about some of the stuff out there. Let's listen and learn right now. Hello, Detective Taylor. Welcome to How to Life Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me today to talk about this very important topic, social media and internet safety. Uh, Hello. Thanks for having me. You teach this class, correct, to schools and parents? Yes, I do. How long have you been doing that? For about four years. Why did the uh, department feel that this was an important topic to address? Well, I'm part of the uh, Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, and it's just part of our mission, uh, community interaction, uh, preventative efforts. If we can prevent or uh, save a child, it's so much better than having to chase down a bad guy after some child has been traumatized. Where do you begin when addressing this topic? I just explain what we're up against as far as the internet, how vast the internet is, how more than 90% of it is uh, underground, parts of it that we don't see. A lot of times I explain the type of individuals that are online that can hurt us, you know, our classmates, uh, human traffickers, and uh, the stereotypical person that has some type of obsession with hurting children. So I explain those types of things. Let's start with cyberbullying. Sure. What kind of person is prone to that and how can they avoid it? Well, someone that's prone to it is someone who's online a lot. The longer you're online, you're, you're actually more vulnerable to a lot of these offenses against people through use of the internet. The, the problem with cyberbullying uh, versus bullying that's physical, and I, I still don't know why people compare the two, cyberbullying is obviously far more traumatic, uh, or at least that's my personal opinion, from working the job that I've worked for the last 20 years of seeing children that are bullying victims and then cyberbullying victims. It's limitless. Cyberbullying is limitless. A, a child in, in another continent can bully a child in Las Vegas. That's one huge problem. Finding out who's involved sometimes is an issue. And a lot of times, people that are bullied don't use all of their resources. They try to interact with bullies. Uh, you have other people that uh, stand by 
uh, whether it's uh, children or, or, or uh, young children or teenagers, they stand by and they either entice the bully by liking or commenting or agreeing with the things that they're saying, or um, they don't do anything about it. They just let it happen and let it continue until it uh, begins to fester. And now we have a child that's been bothered for uh, a much longer period than they should have been. And there's anonymous ways to report these things now, either what a lot of the schools, Metro and law enforcement agencies in Clark County have put in place, or with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, there are anonymous ways to report this. And there's always, I'm sure, ways for children to go to school representatives, social workers, their favorite teacher, another trusted adult, their parents especially, should be the number one person they go to when they see someone being bothered or hurt. But I would think that's the biggest problem is the witnesses uh, to these incidents are just uh, watching it. And, uh, not only is uh, the family of the victim traumatized, but all of those uh, young people that stood by and watched it are traumatized as well. And, and sometimes the cyber bully themselves. Uh, sometimes uh, people are impulsive with things that are online and they don't realize the impact that their words have uh, when they type them up and just send them across cyberspace. So sometimes yeah. our cyber bullies are, are, are really bothered by what they've done. It's just a really bad situation in cyberbullying that we, uh, as law enforcement and as community members, as teachers, parents, as all the adults and the young people need to work together to fix because it's, it's a really big problem. As a parent, how can you notice or speak with your child about protecting them from this? Uh, just explaining to them, uh, the number one thing is to not engage a cyberbully, to just block them. Um, if you if it's really bad, and I believe you should always delete your social media and create brand new social media because you can change your name and you can still find the person if they just switch their profile name or their username. Right. You have to completely delete. And I, and I know you're losing uh, interactions, uh, followers, friends, uh, but you can always gain those back. The things that you're going through isn't worth uh, saving right. all of those other aspects of your social media account. And the main so, thing is making sure uh, parents explain to children that inappropriate content, it, it could hurt others, it could ruin their reputation, it could get uh, them in trouble and others in trouble, and it could damage their future, which is something that uh, especially young adults going into uh, some of the older ages of, uh, of, of childhood, they are falling victim to. They're damaging themselves with their inappropriate posts or their uh, things that they sh shouldn't be saying online or, or, or anywhere uh, That's absolutely true. I want to talk a little bit about that. I think that there is not a lot of forward thinking. There's a lot of impulsiveness when young yes. people post things, not only words, but pictures of themselves, semi-nudity, yes. promiscuity. It's out there forever and can affect you years down the line. Things like employers, you know, you're looking to get a job or get into a good school or even into a good high school, I believe that they look at you, they investigate you and see if you are someone that they want representing their school or their business. Yes. And and there is proof of it. There's proof of it directly from the colleges themselves, uh, from the employers themselves. Um, there was a, a, a huge incident. It was in USA Today. It was uh, on uh, on television, on the news, where 10 young people were interacting inappropriately online within some group on social media, and they all lost their admission to Harvard. Um, they thought they were just interacting among themselves, but it got out there. You're never completely uh, private online. Um, and it stays out there as well. Yes. And when you send something inappropriate, there's no way it can be pulled back. The, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is very good at locating files that have been um, 
uh, inappropriate files of scene files that have been posted. And even they cannot promise that they can pull everything offline that you've posted because you have no idea where it goes or how fast it's uh, distributed. Someone can just take a picture of it, not with the screenshot, but record it off of another device possibly and then have it yes. that way. We have had that where we are, uh, where we seize devices through lawful searches and you have literally the offender, their hand is in the image holding another electronic device and they were taking a picture. And that was to bypass any type of telegraphing through social media that they're doing a screenshot or recording. And going back to some of the dangers of posting inappropriate photos specifically, people will record these things and then can post them without your consent or permission or even your knowledge on pornographic sites or trafficking sites, and that's very dangerous. Yes, and I um, I work, as far as our task force uh, with Crimes Against Children, I work the sex offender side of it. Those are the types of offenses I investigate. I do know that there has been a problem with uh, someone who didn't know that their footage of them or images of them were posted to the pornography uh, YouTube type sites, and people's uh, videos and images have been posted to that. And they have they have no idea until someone spots it and says this is going on, and next thing you know they uh, are mortified, of course. Of and and course. About, about inappropriate posts, and this is mostly for the parents and for uh, potential cyber bullies. When uh, a young person posts something inappropriate, they're not a bad person. They're not a person that should be made fun of. They're not a person that should be targeted. If they're your child, there was not malicious intent or a bad reason for them to post this inappropriate post. Uh, here's why. Uh, we believe people are posting things inappropriate online. And, and this goes for uh, all people, actually, um, to be funny, to impress someone or get attention or to share with a significant other. And it, so it's it's not a child that's immature, bad, malicious. Uh, it's just a normal child that makes a very bad decision. It is a bad decision. But one of the things that bothers me is how people are so quickly judged, just seeing how it traumatizes them. It's, it's horrible. And this is just a normal person that may have made a, a very bad decision, a very big mistake. And I just wanted to get that out there. That they're not a person to be targeted or to be looked down upon. There's a lack of empathy between generations. And I think if we empathize more, that'll uh, kind of build a bridge to that lack of communication between young people about these problems with the Internet. We just need to understand that they're in a different place in history than we were, where these things just didn't exist. The, the Internet didn't exist for some of us when we were younger. And it's hard to project into the future what's going to happen because you Absolutely. don't have that experience. That's why as parents, it's important for us to try to guide our child. Yes. When they do this, they should make sure that they don't criminalize the Internet. That's very important. It's a tool to make mm -hmm. life easier. It shouldn't be your entire social outlet. And that's what we need to uh, make them understand. And it's uh, they're dealing with a lot more than we dealt with. Agreed. Let's move a little bit further on sure. some of the things we have to be careful about with social media is identity theft. Tell us how that can happen. There's a lot of things that our young people don't understand is personal information that truly is. Of course, things like your phone number is personal, full name is personal. But then there's other things. Like, for example, when you post a photograph of yourself, I recommend that children do not even post a school photograph, uh, which is a perfectly normal photograph, without a parent's permission or a consent because a lot of our children go to schools that have some type of insignia on the clothing that we're wearing that uh, they can figure out where we go to school. You can learn a lot about a child if you know what a school they attend. 
field trips, uh, when we chat online, even if we believe we're chatting with someone our age when we're a young person, no one needs to know when we're going on certain field trips. No one needs to know when we're over our best friend's house versus our home. Uh, no one needs to know when we're visiting our grandmother. Uh, no one needs to know where mom and dad works. All of those types of things are, are very personal. And, and the reason why I say it is because investigations have taught me a lot about things that people use to locate people uh, or children and things like that. And, and, and especially with field trips, young people mm-hmm. um, are saying where they go on field trips. And that's a nightmare for our teachers because they don't have the school, the walls uh, and, and the school's uh, security process to help them protect the kids. You have a couple of teachers, a lot of kids and a few parents that were nice enough to help out. And that's it. That's all you have to protect 40 or 50 kids that are walking around on a field trip somewhere. Um, so protecting all of those kids is a, a, is a little bit more difficult for our teachers. Um, so we need to make sure we impress upon our kids that no one needs to know when we're going on these field trips outside of our school. We don't need to talk about this on social media because it makes uh, it makes them vulnerable. And I am talking about this because there has been an occasion where uh, an individual showed up to a third grade field trip and the security at the venue was so phenomenal that nothing ever happened. So we, we just need to make sure that we don't reveal too much about ourselves online. Um, image searches are getting better. If I stand outside of a building and I take a selfie outside of that building, it's it's a possibility that someone can Google image search that picture that I've taken and pull up the location. So you just have to be careful. What about photographs? Is is there any tracking device yes. on photo called a timestamp, I believe it's called? Uh, yeah, tam- a timestamp is just one small part of uh, EXIF data. Uh, some people call it metadata. Uh, those two things may mean something different just slightly if you're a super technical person, which I'm not. There could be information that's attached to your uh, photos. And this could include, yes, of course, a timestamp, the date and time you took the photo. But it can also cl- include the longitude and latitude of where you were when you took the photo. It can include uh, the type of uh, device that you've taken a photo with, uh, meaning like your phone, even the uh, ca- the features of the camera application. Um, a, a significant amount of information can be attached to that file. So it's always a good idea to go into the camera application, going into the settings and turning that data off. It, it may say location data. It may say something else. Uh, so Google your phone type to figure it out. But make sure you turn that off before you take any uh, images. You don't want to post anything online that people can use to figure out where you are. And most of these social media companies are doing a really great job at making sure that part of the upload process is wiping that EXIF data. But there are some applications that uh, that do not. So you just have to be careful uh, all of the time so that you so that no one can take advantage. Tell a little bit about phishing attempts. I know that kids will often get something on their phone, a text or an email. Click on this link or change or change your password. Do not click on links. A lot of times you can be allowing someone to remote in your device when you click on a link. Uh, and, and anyone who's in a, a large corporate company knows that when you, you mess something up on your computer, which I do a lot at Metro, <laughs> I, I, um, I'll forget a password is what I do sometimes because we have so many passwords that we have to keep track of and I'll forget a password and I'll lock myself out of one of our uh, applications we, lo- we use for our investigations. And I call our IT and a, a screen will come up with a link and I have to click on that link for my IT professional to go into my device and I literally see words being typed, the mouse being moved and it's clicking on things and I am mm-hmm. not touching my device. They've completely remoted in. And when you click on a link with some of these phishing scams, you could be allowing the same thing. So you have to be very careful. So just to sum everything up, Detective Taylor, 
what are some bullet points that you can give the audience about cyberbullying? Don't be a bystander. Never like or uh, agree with something that a cyberbullying is, is posting. And before you post something that's inappropriate or argumentative, take a second and think about it before you post it, because it could be something that'll stay there for the rest of your life, something you, you, you could be confronted with long after you've actually uh, sent the post. Uh, the send is the end. Once you send it, it cannot come back. I saw a good quote on how to know if you should post something or not on the internet. Ask yourself two questions before you post something online. Is this something that I would say or do face to face? Ask that question first before you pose it. The second one is, would I be okay with this photo or this quote of mine being posted in the school hallways or in the break room at work? Yeah, those are phenomenal. Um, I've heard of one like that where it said that if your grandmother wouldn't like it, don't post it. Okay, some bullet points for the young adults on how their choices on social media can impact their lives. Kind of sum it up for us there. Okay, if you have a lot of inappropriate posts online, you can basically ruin relationships at school. You can ruin your reputation at school. You can ruin your future. Uh, I've had high schools that are local here in Clark County tell me that they take a look at social media and that they monitor social media often. Colleges, of course, and of course, jobs. If we have celebrities getting confronted with things that happened 40 years ago, of course, something that's digital now is going to come back on you from who knows how long ago. Um, Uh, Non-celebrities who have lost jobs because of things that they've posted, not only years ago, but not so long ago. Nothing's private. There's always uh, someone else watching. So anything you post on the internet is not private, ever. I also want to point out one thing as far as insurances. When you're a young adult, you know, you have to get life insurance, health insurance, car insurance, home insurance. If you're doing daredevil stuff, let's say you're racing cars and that's on on the Internet and you go to get a quote for an insurance rate and they see that your rates are going up. Yeah. Or you may not get it if you've told them you're not into things that you are into. How about some bullet points about keeping yourself safe from online spying? For parents, check the age restrictions on uh, social media. I I would do that. I would never click on any links that we spoke about. My advice to the parents, I'm not telling anyone how to parent, but I believe young people should use their devices in the living room, dining room, or kitchen where the parents can monitor. There is no reason for a young person to have a phone in the bathroom. If they need music, Bluetooth speakers are very cheap these days. They can play music and that that device can remain where mom, dad, aunt, uncle, or grandmother can see it. And they can have the speaker inside the bathroom where they can listen to music. Um, I would keep it out of bedrooms. I understand that bedrooms um, are places where a lot of young people do their homework. But at night, when those devices are charging, uh, they need to charge somewhere the parents have access to. So that way, when the scary notification comes on social media where someone's threatening uh, your child in a way that would scare them into compliance, you can see it and you can make sure that you deal with it quickly. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of a lot of our kids are, are, are kids that don't even make this decision where they're just frightened into compliance. I'm going to hurt your dad. I know where he works. I'm going to kidnap your mom. I know where she works. I'm going to hurt your family. And, and young people can be frightened by this and, and believe it. So those are the advices I would make as far as keeping everything private and nothing replaces a parent that's monitoring. And I know it's extremely difficult and seems impossible, but it's an effort that our parents have to make. And, and I can say that as a parent myself. Well, the parents our, are the first line of defense. Yes. No one can protect your child better than you can. And it's not like there are a lot of tried, proven methods to protect your child online. Uh, We're all working hard to figure this thing out. 
and these kids know a lot more about this than we do. Um, so I would do whatever I can to increase communication with my kids. Like your kids should know that if someone says something to them horrible online or if they're threatened, that you're going to be upset at first. But then once we calm down, we'll figure out a way to help protect them. Uh, the unknown of the freak out, mom, dad's going to be mad, I'm going to lose my device, I'm going to be punished, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. That scares so many kids away from telling parents what's going on when if a parent would just preemptively let them know, look, I care about you. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to get mad if someone's trying to hurt you. I'm going to get mad if someone's trying to force you to do something. But what you have to know is that after I'm done freaking out, I'm going to figure out a way to make sure you're safe. That builds trust. That'll make it more likely for them to come to you. It's very important that uh, young people understand that the adults don't understand this as well as they do. And empathizing as an adult, empathizing with our children is very important because our kids know a lot more about this than we do, and we need to interact with them more. Uh, we need to take this seriously. And, and there are no safe applications. There's nothing that's 100% safe. These companies that create these applications are doing a phenomenal job, in my opinion, but it's impossible to stop everything. There's always those people that are going to be out there. So we need to always make sure we look out for our kids, and kids need to make sure that they come to us when something uh, frightens them or scares them or that they're worried about. But the, uh, the main goal when your child comes to you is to reward them for coming to you. The two first things you should say to your child when they come to you, first of all, you shouldn't fault yourself for this. Secondly, thank you for coming to me. I'm glad you did. You should always thank them for coming to you because they could decide not to and then things could be a lot worse. So that should be rewarded. It takes a lot of courage for them to come to, to go to their parents and tell them about these types of things. So, And as a parent, we have to educate ourselves to protect our children. Yes. How can a school or a youth organization get this information in front of their children or their personnel? How do they find you? They can go to their school or they can contact Metro and uh, we will be happy to work with them on uh, figuring out what type of instruction they would like or what type of information they would like from us. Do you get in front of the children or do you get in front of the personnel or, or parents? If, if parents would like to have a discussion about it, I'm happy to sit down and discuss it with parents. I have spoken in front of school assemblies. Uh, for example, if there's certain application features that they don't know about that I mentioned to a parent uh, as far as uh, parental controls. And what's the response from children or adults for anyone when they hear your presentation? The overall response of parents is usually shock. A lot of parents are surprised that these things are actually possible, that they happen. Um, a lot of children are receptive to be quite honest, they offer a lot of information. When I teach this class to assemblies, there's a great back and forth during the Q&A session. I get some awesome tips from young people, just their advices about how these things are done online. Well, I think that covers it, Detective. Thank you very, very much for your time today. No problem. Thank you. Thanks very for having Very grateful me. for the information. Bye-bye. Bye. There's really nothing to fear when you are informed and aware. You can learn more about Detective Sean Taylor on the show notes, which can be found at howtolife slash 012. I would love to hear your feedback and or questions about this topic. You can send me an email to drlj at howtolife.com. If you'd like further information, I can always do another podcast for you about this topic or any topic that you'd like. I actually have a few mominars on my YouTube channel, How to Life 
that cover email phishing attempts and various phone scams like the social security scam, the locked Apple ID scam, bank scams, all kinds of scams. What's a Mominar? It's a seminar given by a mom. These are very short three-minute video tutorials about how to do or know about basic life skills. You can find them by going to YouTube and typing in How to Life. Then you're going to click the filter tab and then select channel and you'll see it pop up right away. Take a look and please consider subscribing. If you do, a new Mominar will be delivered to you every week. And if you enjoyed this podcast, there are many more to come in the future. Please subscribe and join me every Tuesday to learn about something new that you always wanted to know, but maybe were afraid to ask. And I thank you in advance for giving this podcast a five-star review and or a nice comment on Apple or your favorite platform. Goodbye for now, everyone. I'll see you next time. Until then, have a fantastic week. Be nice to everyone, especially yourself. Have fun, be grateful, and don't worry about anything. You got this.